the future of photography. Hey everybody and welcome to the show. My name's Aid. And I'm Chris. Hi. Hi, how you doing? <laughs> doing good. Doing good. Just came back from uh, a little adventure on the Arctic seas. I don't think that's a little adventure, is it? I've watched some of the YouTube videos you've been <laughs> posting. That's not a little adventure. That's a blooming great big one. It's, 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 yeah. And and I make it sound as if I was doing this every every weekend, which I'm not. This was, this was very intimidating in some areas, but just uh, one of these things that, at this point, feels like a bit of a once in a lifetime thing. And I'm so happy that it. Uh, th- that it worked out the way it worked out, and it was it was a real adventure. I've put it, some stuff on YouTube. We'll put a link in the show notes to that. I uh, think the listeners should go and go and have a look at that because there's there's some awesome stuff in there. I do have one question though, which is entirely frivolous. From that, who knitted your jumpers? My jumpers? Oh, that! Oh, oh, oh! The jump? <laughs> yeah. Um, isn't it a beautiful jumper? It, it's lovely. <laughs> no, it's it's in fact that's an that's an Icelandic jumper. A traditional Icelandic jumper, and it was the one of the few really woolly things that I have, and I had to bring that because it's all kind of Arctic, you know. Yes, you certainly you certainly looked the part anyway in it, and and it looks like you've had a fantastic time. I am very envious, very envious. But it was a as fantastic, record- but also very cold time. Ah, uh, well, yes, yes. Well, well we, we've ke- kept having some weather here in the UK called the Beast from the East, which is a lot of uh, Siberian weather that's been Ooh, coming in. Okay. So, uh, uh, yes, so, so cold they gave it a nickname. But uh, uh, Is that they, like but, a regular nickname or just that time? Just that time, oh, actually. Really? Uh, Beast from the East aren't, aren't they... Oh, bless them! Oh. oh, well, the British media are always doing things like that. They never, uh, they ne- never, never report something straight. It's always uh, <laughs> the beast. <laughs> always a spin on it. But okay. hey ho, hey ho, that's all right. That's okay. All right. So, so one thing that I did on that ship was, and that, that's pretty much what I set out to, as it wasn't a photo tour or like kind of a client photo tour, but just me having some fun uh one of the things i set out to do is document this in video so i brought a lot of uh different kinds of video cameras a tiny gopro clone a chinese gopro clone and i was um shooting with pretty much everything i had on hand including my iphone including my dslrs and and uh, some other cameras from other people and put it together into video so the, the video thing was really central to me and i i think i understand that you want to talk about something that's video related in this episode uh yes i do yes i do i i am um, i may have invented a new word um, oh, but really? i'm not in t- <laughs> i'm not entirely sure so i've been i've been trying to do some some myth busting i mean we've we've been uh We've been follow. Um, we've been talking a lot about uh, over the previous shows about how equipment is changing, how it's getting smaller, uh, and being more mobile. And I thought, you know what? I'm going to put my money where my mouth is, and I'm going to go out and test some of this stuff. Uh, so what I've been trying to do, uh, quite simply, is to test the old saying that you know you can't capture a decent photo from a video. Mm-hmm. 
And I know all the reasons, you know, uh, you know the, the video, you know, uh, in video, you need to shoot with a shutter speed of, of twice your frame rate. So often the, uh, you know, you might be shooting at a 50th, a 60th of a second. Uh, and that's not necessarily good for stopping motion. So if you're trying to take photographs of people, they could be blurry. So more motion blur as, as in normal photography or as in most photography. Yeah, exactly. So it, it's so, you know, I, I know that there are a whole bunch of, of good technical reasons. Um, but I also know that even my phone now can shoot at 120 frames per second, <laughs> um, which implies that shutter speed is, has got to be pretty short. <laughs> um, so well, at least a 120th of a second. Yeah. Yes, so uh, I, I've been uh, I've been trying some of this stuff out. Quite honestly, um, the word I might have invented, <laughs> and I did Google this to see if it was a real word or not, and it came back with nothing. Oh, that's a good sign. Yeah. So, so uh, what I have chosen to call this, just for the purposes of this show, just for fun. So, listeners, please don't write in with lots of reasons why it's bad, because I know it's probably bad. But just for fun, I'm calling it videotography. So it's the, the art of extracting a photograph from a piece of video. Oh, I th I'm Googling this. Urban Dictionary has a... Oh, I didn't check the Urban Dictionary. Well, but, but, but they say it's a corrupted form of photography, F-A-U-X-tography, where one proceeds to take a video instead of snapping a photograph. So this is more like uh, pointing a camera at someone and they they put a pose on and you end up... They, they end up realizing that you're actually shooting video. Hmm. Ah, so I've done that loads of times on my phone. Certainly, mm -hmm. you know, you press well, and, the button. And now, and, the, and now the, our phones at least often shoot uh, video anyway. Like we have these live photos that Apple does, where every photo that you take is ha has like a preceding and uh, and success successing is that a word? Two seconds of video with it. Uh, yeah, so it's uh, well, um, it's yeah. So, so I, I think two seconds maybe because I have had a look at this. I want to talk about this towards the end of the show. Mm -hmm. Two, three, four seconds total, maybe yeah. is is something that uh, something that I, I think might might technically work. But uh, you know, I guess every, everybody will have their own expectations. But but you're not talking about these kind of photos at this point. You're talking about real video, so where you're out with a video capturing device and then extracting photos from that i am absolutely talking about that yes right. this is this is this is real video so so aids so, videotography yeah yes yes is it and and the myth busting part of it is is simply um you know trying to work through this try to understand is it still a limitation because mm -hmm. i think some of these rules we carry with us i don't know about you but you know i have a head full of stuff i've learned over a very long period of time about photography and yet I'm not sure that my understanding of how those rules are should be applied or can be applied is 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 yeah I don't know that I do enough refreshing of those rules in my own head to understand if they're keeping track with the pace of technology development. Mm -hmm. So am I am I got have I got a lot of constraints in my mind that stopping me from shooting stuff good stuff possibly um because I think you know oh you know don't be silly that can't be done. <laughs> Oh, this is the story of the bumblebee, right? The, how was it? The bumblebee doesn't know. Well, 
obviously it's not true the bumblebee can fly but <clears throat> when you look at the physics of flying it's kind of almost impossible for the bumblebee to fly but it doesn't know that so it just flies you know <laughs> <laughs> yes i call and this I, the, I, I i coined a phrase for that a few years ago I, I used to call this the bumblebee principle and probably someone else has has that too uh, that that sounds great that sounds a bit like i have a, i have a friend who is a uh, an aeronautical engineer so he he uh, designs aircraft um, and uh, he says that there are still some parts of why an aircraft can fly that scientists don't understand. <laughs> I do have uh, I actually recorded an entire episode of Tips from the Top Floor. Um, we'll link to that in the show notes. The Bumblebee Principle. Oh, right. Okay. Well, sounds good. Sounds good. So, yeah, so this is this is the thing. Can it be done? So there's the myth-busting ang- uh, okay. uh, myth angle, let's say, to that. So, <clears throat> so can let, me tell you, let me talk to you about workflow a little bit. Um, and and how it is that I've uh, uh, come about, gone about doing this. So okay. I, I was on a, uh, a family vacation last year, and I decided that I wanted to shoot a video. But because it was family, I wanted my video setup to be really small and tight and easy to operate with one hand, so um, I could stop a child walking out in front of a bus and things like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So this is this is pure family amateur stuff, but but yeah right in some ways right at the heart of of what i do with photography so i got myself this little setup i had a a, a grip thing for my phone uh, i think it was made by joby um and i have a, a little rode microphone that i could plug in and i used uh, the phone as my main video camera uh for a short family holiday uh, I have some moment lenses that I can put on my phone. Give me a bit more wide angle. Give me a bit more telephoto. That's the, the uh, little lenses that you stick on the front of the lens of the phone, right? Yeah, that's right. Yes. Um, I, I, quite, I quite like them, actually. They they have a little bayonet fitting um, and you, you can just uh, attach them to the, the phone in front of the, the main lens uh, and you have a, a different field of view to play mm-hmm. with. Uh, so that gives you a little bit of range. Uh, my particular phone um, crops in a bit on video, so I was using the found I was using the wide angle one quite a lot. Uh, less so the telephoto one, mm-hmm. but but the wide angle one was used quite a lot. So I ended up with uh, a whole bunch of video for this family trip uh, that I wanted to edit, and it's taken me uh, a very long time to edit, um, uh, many months in fact, um, because uh, a because I'm busy, b because I'm lazy and tired, <laughs> um, and c because I was actually using it as a an opportunity for for learning. I was learning about color grading, learning about photo editing. Uh, so, but I finally got to the point where I thought, Do you know what. I'm happy with this now. So I've got this little video. It's only about eight minutes long. Um, and But there was some stuff in it I quite liked the look of. Mm-hmm. Um, it had been, by this time, it had been, you know, colour graded and, and stuff like that. So I thought, well, let's try and capture some shots from it. Uh, most of them are landscapes. Uh, I should probably put at this point uh, in the show notes, listeners, there, there will be a link to uh, a folder where you can see uh, an online album where you can see these images. Uh, they are primarily uh, landscape images of New York City. Um, uh, and uh, that was the, the video that I was taking. So I my workflow was to say, OK, shoot the video, edit it. Um, for those that are interested, I use DaVinci Resolve for that uh, because that gives me both editing and uh, color grading. Uh, and then, you know, uh, uh, I um, export that as a single video. And then from that, I was capturing stills. Uh, and 
So is there is it like a, an easy way to just like uh, extract a still from DaVinci Resolve? Is like a button that says save that as a frame or? Uh, I, there, there is, I think, but um, what I had done for my learning experiment was to use the free version of DaVinci Resolve, mm -hmm. um, which is an enormously powerful tool. It's, it's fantastic. The learning kit curve is uh, is almost vertical. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But happily, I also have a lynda.com subscription, and there's a lot of really, really good, detailed Linda training materials. Linda.com is not materials. an advertiser on this episode. No, Linda.com. Sorry, no, Linda. <laughs> good point. Thank you. Sorry. Um, but I mention it because that is the source of the training materials I use, and they are very high quality uh, in this particular case. Um, so uh, that helped me up the vertical learning curve. Um, but, but that is one of the reasons it's taken me many months to get this video edited. Um, and then I captured... So I think... The, the ability to capture stills easily straight out of uh, the application is in the paid version. I just then was taking, uh, I was capturing them out of QuickTime, playing, playing the video once it had been rendered. Um, but a very easy thing to do, you know, essentially just a screen grab. Uh, so uh, that was my, if you like, my, my pseudo-scientific approach. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I don't know if that's pseudo-scientific. I don't know if it's even pseudo-scientific. But uh, I was trying to, to you know, get to a point where I could capture these images. Um, so the question is, uh, I suppose, um, uh, I know what I think of them. Um, what do you think of them? Well, I'm looking at them. And by the way, <clears throat> there's a link in the show notes to the photos so everyone can watch along. Um, and if, if you're not If you don't have the the show notes easily accessible at this point, uh, just go to a browser and type in tfttf.com slash tfop photos, tfop photos. Um, but that aside, so, well, first of all, they have their own aesthetic. They are, um, they are very wide. So uh, the aspect ratio is very wide, very cinematic. I guess that's from you taking them from a video that was at that aspect ratio because video tends to be more wide than than high yeah i mean they, uh, they were shot at 16 by 9 uh but in the edit i wanted something more cinematic so uh they're they're now approximately 2.35 to 1 <laughs> so that that is one of one of the many different aspect ratios that you would find in a in a movie theater um and that that changes the look of them then definitely change the way you compose them i guess um uh they have the they have a quite a cinematic look which um f from a from a contrast and color point of view so my assumption there is that you did the the grading on them the the filmic grading on them That makes uh, yes, like that. certainly, certainly, there is some of that. Um, I, I was very fortunate the day we went out on the uh, river cruise uh, around the the bottom end of Manhattan. Um, we chose to go at sunset, and there was a glorious, sunset. amazing light there. So I haven't had to be fair. I haven't had to work too hard. <laughs> um, so there's not an enormous amount of color grading on them, and it's not the like secret, a really right? strong LUT or anything like that on them because that, that I wasn't shooting in a in a a log code. So, you know, this was just shot on the phone. So you can't go nuts with it because there just isn't enough information to to, to really push the footage. Wait, what, what, was, what was the shot on? Uh, an iPhone 6. An iPhone 6. Okay. So for, for having that now, that knowledge, it is... Um, those photos are 
perfectly fine. They look wonderful. And that, I think that's one of the big secrets of photography. If you shoot at the right time with the right light, um, you just can. You don't, won't have to do anything. You'll just get amazing shots. Not not trying to diminish the photographer behind the camera because you had to point the camera somewhere. You had to press the <laughs> shutter button. The camera didn't oh. make that choice for you. But but I think we can agree that if you shoot in the in, a, in an according light, everything kind of magically happens, right? Yeah, it's it's a lot easier. Um, yeah. It, yeah, it's it's a lot easier. And of it, course, it, having the eye to like shoot the 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 sun behind the Statue of Freedom, and that way you get you're getting the 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 silhouette uh it's a very a very uh, it, it's a beautiful picture so the the photos in this context on the web which is where i'm looking at them um work just fine they are great uh, technical some technical details um of course i'm now looking at them from every angle including the technical angle is the Statue of Freedom angle? You have some banding in the sky, which might be down to the phone. You probably shot this in JPEG, right? Oh no, you you, you shot this on video and extracted. It, yeah, it. yes, it, it it was shot in video, but it uh, is it is kind of compressed in video. So there is some codec there that uh, that compresses yeah, so, the video, and so extracting it, well, from that is kind of difficult to get it without that kind of banding in some shots. Yeah, I mean, it is one of the downsides of shooting video is, you know, with a, with a, with a, a camera, you would have shot this in RAW mm. and you would have had all of that information. When you're shooting video on a phone, you're, you're squishing it into an H.264 codec. But looking uh, at this ensemble of pictures, it is, it just, it conveys a wonderful mood. It feels just right. So in this context, those photos are, are great. Well, thank you very much. <laughs> and and now, of course, if, if we try to take it one step further and you say, okay, I want to print this on a, I don't know, on a big canvas and hanging up in my, in my living room, um, some of those might work just fine, but some of those might be a bit too, uh, too blocky. Yeah, I mean, I think it, it depends on what you're looking for. Mm -hmm. uh, so the room I'm sat in right now, I have on the wall, uh, maybe 50 centimeters across by 30 centimeters vertical, a photograph that was shot on my original iPhone, which I think was the iPhone 3G. Mm -hmm. And it's stitched together and it's heavily processed and there are stitching <laughs> artifacts and there is pixelation, but I love it. <laughs> oh, and that's, and that's, I think, the point here. And these photos have so much mood to them uh wonderful mood to them that uh, and for you they have a very specific meaning because you were there and it was a vacation with your family so the, the, whatever technical nitpicking i can do will not take away from what's in the photos and what they mean to you so well that yes yes but i but it's easy to see i think you know one of one of the you know the learnings that let's let's try and be a little bit objective about it mm -hmm. um this is uh 1080p footage shot on a phone um uh, and that is that has significant technical limitations if you were to think about printing this anything other than maybe uh, uh i i don't know you, you you'd get some small size you know your standard six by four inch prints out of this with no bother at all uh you'd get a seven by five i'm sure um but at the end of the day what you've got there in the information you've got there in that image is less than two megapixels so and for you, that 
They are amazingly good. Yes, yes. I think it, it, I, I'm really pleased. Actually, I, I yeah, yeah. Um, would I consider this myth busted? I, I, I think yeah. Right, and not because I've been super successful with it, although I've been more successful than I thought. But actually, um, the, the with practice and possibly with a 4K camera, I think um, there's real. You, you could do this now. You oh, could do this. Definitely, 4K gives uh, so much more information, and I know that photographers are beginning to do this. At least some begin to do this. I've, I remember a few years ago reading an article um, from a photographer who did that. And while he was able to get some really great shots from a photo session, it was a portrait session with a model. Um, he, also <laughs> he also concluded that there was something really satisfying of having that shutter click, of having that, of having that kind of... Uh, now the photo is, is taken, right? You have this definite yeah. moment, this decisive moment where the photo is in the can, which you kind of don't have with videography. So if you start using it that way, then I think that's different from what you did with, which is after the fact you went in and ex extracted photos, whereas that was kind of a specific photo session using a video camera to shoot still frames. So, um, yeah, absolutely. Um, and I, I've heard that as well, that if in, in, in particular circumstances, it just doesn't work. It spoils the flow or whatever it might be. Mm -hmm. I'd also add that, you know, you'll notice that there's only one shot of a portrait type shot, shot of a person in, mm -hmm. in the, in the set that I, I've put into that shared album. Um, and I think having been through all of my footage, Uh, often the people are moving way too quickly to be extracted cleanly. You just get a bunch of blur. So, you know, in that sense, myth absolutely not busted because there are a wide range of photograph types for which it just technically wouldn't work. Hmm. Um, but I well, think, or, or well, let's, let, let me qualify that, right? Because so I was shooting at 24 frames per second. So, uh, and because I didn't have an ND filter for my phone, I just had to let it do what it wanted with the shutter speed. But, uh, the, if, if you were shooting, uh, if you wanted to do this and you really, uh, you could shoot and you could shoot at a higher frame rate, um, then I think you'd probably, probably be fine. And I don't think you'd have to go very high. So a, a lot of cameras now will shoot quite happily at 60 frames per second. And a lot of them will shoot quite happily at 4K at 60 frames per second. So assuming that you set your uh, shutter, uh, sorry, your frames per second at 60 and you shut, you, you set your shutter speed somewhere around 120, which would be the ideal. Actually, 120th of a second, as long as people aren't, yeah, as long as you're not taking sports photography, 120th of a second is actually probably okay. You could capture a portrait, um, even a candid portrait, as long as the person wasn't moving quickly. And actually, you might have, you, you might have the technical capability to do that. Mm -hmm. There's, by the way, an, another angle to look at that is that the single frame extraction from video Uh, is is already automated in some ways when you look at platforms like YouTube where you upload a video, which I've done recently and I've done a lot. Um, and they 
of course need what's called a poster frame so the frame the thumbnail that is the thumbnail for your video if if it's not playing and they do this automatically so they give have like a selection of three or four thumbnails that they automatically with some ai algorithm they try to find something interesting and uh and then use that as a thumbnail automatically or you can supply your own thumbnail which when you look at the youtubers these days they often uh separately construct that thumbnail to make it more interesting to make it more uh, to 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 coax people into clicking on it of course um but uh, what i will typically do and i did this for the for the videos that i have um that i've uploaded from from this ships uh, adventure on a ship is that i will uh, i would also extract a single frame from that video and then add a title to it and make it one of the more interesting frames and uh, so uh, in a small sense i've done this here now this is not really photography per se this is or videography per se because um, the thumbnail has a different function than a photo but um, nevertheless, uh, the, the extraction of a single frame, then editing that in some way and putting it back in as the thumbnail um, is something that photographers have done or videographers have done for a while. That The photos were just typically used only in that context and not as something that you would treat as a photo and print out and put, put up on a wall. Yeah, and I think the use case is definitely still a very relevant question for this exercise. Mm. If it's going to be a thumbnail... Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. It's easy. If if you're intending to maybe use it as an Instagram post or uh, you know or Facebook or something like that, then you've got no bother at all. You've got more than enough information there to make something look half decent on that platform. Um, if you are uh, doing fine art and you want to print it several meters across, <laughs> ain't gonna happen at this point. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I don't think that, that yeah, you know, I'm not suggesting for one moment that the quality is there for that sort of thing. But I've been really encouraged by this. Um and uh you know, and I can imagine that if I had, you know, that it's do you know what? Um there are not many camcorders for sale these days. Uh, they're away, right? Some, part some, of my some other device is taking that on. Exactly. So um <laughs> and, and I had this when I went to the photo- the the photography show uh recently uh in Birmingham which is um uh well I've never been to Photokina but I understand it's a lot lot smaller than Photokina but it's a photography trade show and all the manufacturers were there I spent some time talking to the Panasonic Lumix guys about video I spent some time talking to the Sony guys about video um and they were all saying oh look at this SLR shaped video camera and but but to make it work they have to put it in a frame and they have to add all sorts of things you know in a cage and they have to add (laughs) all sorts of stuff stuff to it and i'm thinking well why is it that why is it that um uh format what um the 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 engineering design of it's like why why is it that you've built it that way um why not build something that is a bit more specific to video still and they do the the two manufacturers that still that i can find that still make proper camcorders uh you know the barrel shaped ones uh, Sony, Sony right? and Panasonic, yeah. and they do some stuff. They do some awesome stuff. So you, from Sony, you can get a camcorder with an internal five-way gimbal uh, mm-hmm. for the whole of the lens and sensor mechanism, um, and uh, with a one-inch sensor, um, uh, and, an, and of course, being a camcorder, an enormous zoom, um, and and 
that and that shoots at 4k and apparently that that puts out enormously good footage and i think panasonic is still uh are still launching new camcorder products so uh yeah i think you know it's not it's not gone away completely um uh, and and i wonder whether those sorts of uh those sorts of format of cameras might come back into fashion once the once people realize just how good a photograph you can capture from them who knows i would venture a guess that about 50 percent of our audience has never heard of a camcorder thing <laughs> well the older the older 50 percent probably will have <laughs> they will have yes all right so there so, we go there we go what does it mean for the future of photography um i think it's a really positive thing i've really enjoyed doing it and you know what um when i'm shooting video i am going to be less concerned in the future about how i might capture stills from it all right okie dokie we do have so just before we go just before we go because i think uh, that's all i've got on the on explaining the new wonderful art of videotography which i've just (laughs) invented (laughs) which i absolutely have not just invented by the way i only invented the word we should should, uh, okay everyone everyone is listening to this Put a put a post somewhere on your social media, on your Facebook, on on your website, linking to this episode. Uh, and in the in the link, it should say videography. So um, because that will help boost our Google rating for that term, and then in in the future, people will end up when they put in videography, will automatically get the first search result being our episode, yes. this very episode. That would be cool. <laughs> That, that that would be cool. Yes, yes, and uh, we should try to beat uh, Urban Dictionary on that. <laughs> That's a tough one, but yes, I think, but it, absolutely, we should try. Let's, so, let's, let's uh, find out how powerful our audience is. Well, yes, indeed. Actually, speaking of the audience, just before we go, I want to say a, a shout out to, and you'll have to help me with the surname, Chris. A shout out to listener Daniel Hertrich. 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 Okay, not too far off. Too, not too, too far off. Pretty close. Pretty good. Okay, well, thank you. Um, so, yeah, Daniel, thanks for your emails. I mean, you've been emailing us about uh, your experience, personal experience with using Lightro, uh, your gigapixel super resolution photos. Um, thanks for the link to the article. I haven't read it because it's in German and my German is not up to that, I'm afraid. Um, but thanks for that. And and also your your links to your work on using panorama viewers to display to display high res shots. All good stuff. And it's always great to hear from the listeners. Uh, uh, with the, uh, the emails and the information that they send us. So thank right. you. By, by the way, we have some news on Lytro, uh, but we'll not go into detail in this episode. We'll put this in the next one. Uh, yes, yes. That's an, that, there's some interesting stuff. <laughs> there's there, some stuff yes. that this stuff. This is a really quickly and really fast moving field at this point. Yeah. It is, it is. So, uh, yes, anyway, there you go then. Uh, a quick introduction to the art of videotography. Uh, it's been great to talk to you this week, listeners. We'll talk to you next week. Bye. Bye bye. You've been listening to The Future of Photography, a production by Adrian Stock and Chris Marquardt. Subscribe to the show wherever you get your other podcasts. Find the show notes and more information at thefutureofphotography.com. <laughs>